I'm Kurt. I'm a parent. And this is the Parent Skills Podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Parent Skills Podcast. Super glad you're joining us. As always, um, this is just an opportunity for us to spend, oh, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes at the max talking about different skills and different tips and insights into all things parenting. And as you know, sometimes we bring in guests of different ages, different stages of parenting. This week, I am joined by my good friend, Liza Gant, who works with me here at Saddleback Church. She's a parent of four young children. And we, this week, and the next episode, we don't do an episode every week. We do about one a month, one every other week. We're not very consistent. Thanks for bearing with us. But what we're going to do for the next two episodes is we are going to take a look at some of the more frequently asked questions that parents ask of us. Sometimes we get emails from parents. Sometimes we get grabbed in the halls of the church from parents. Um, but we just kind of sat down and said, what are the five or six most common questions that we seem to get asked by various parents in our circles of influence, whether it's at church or on the soccer field or in the neighborhood, wherever we happen to be, what are parents asking? We're going to address those over the next two podcasts. Hopefully you'll find it beneficial. We'll be right back. All right, Liza, welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, thanks for being here. You're a very busy woman. You've got four young children. I do. High energy, high cuteness. Thank you. Very, very wonderful. In fact, it took us about 20 minutes just to kind of, you and your husband had to herd them to get them out of here so that we could get down to filming or recording the podcast. Yes. So, Liza, here's what we're going to do, and we're going to jump right into it because these podcasts are meant to be short. Moms and dads can listen to them on their drive to work, on the treadmill, while they're walking around the neighborhood. Yep, Yep, they're not meant to be life-changing. We're not Dr. Phil. We're not doctor anything. (laughs) I'm not doctor anything. Um, But what we are is parents. Totally. Parents. And so um, what we're going to do for the next two episodes is just take a quick look at a few questions that have been frequently answered. And we're not going to have a formula, but typically you'll probably kind of come at these from a parent of younger kids yep. vantage point. Yep. And I'll probably come at it typically from a parent of older kids. I'm, a, I'm an empty nester. Yep. Right. Um, so we'll just kind of attack these questions and see where they lead. Okay. So these are in no particular order, but here's a question that we get asked all the time. And yep. it's kind of a fundamental question. And yet it's a question I think is really universal. Most parents struggle with this, maybe a little bit more with older kids maybe but it starts i think with how we approach it with the younger kids and that is simply this how do i talk to and connect with my child yes all of us are busy so they're probably looking for more than the how is school fine well yeah parents are certainly looking for more than that oftentimes kids that's all they want you know that's plenty of talking to mom and dad i gave her a one-word answer check it off my list i answered your question so, Liza, when you think of um, younger kids, what are what are one or two tips or mindsets or helpful insights when it comes to how do I talk to my kids and just connect with my kids at a personal level? Totally. Well, I think one for sure, just as you want to hear about how was church or how was school, is being a little bit more specific and with open-ended questions. Like, did you have fun? The answer is yes or no. 
So right. there's not a lot more that they have to say. As opposed to what was the most fun thing you did today? Yes. Or like, well, who was a friend that you met and what did you talk about? Or just maybe more specific questions, but again, still open-ended. Yeah. So that's definitely one thing. But I think another thing is meeting them where they're at. Like, so even though like my son loves Pokemon and I frankly have no idea what half of the characters' names are, I got to meet him where he's at and like, oh, okay, so tell me about whatever that guy's name that I can't pronounce is. And, okay. Oh, you know, asking questions and getting down to their level as opposed to expecting them to get to my level and answer my questions. Or talking about things that they're already interested in. Yes. As opposed to trying to get them to talk about something you're interested in. Exactly. Which sounds so foundational, and it is, but but it's it's easier said than done. Yes. Because we have, first of all, we have to even take the time to know what our kid's into. Yep. What are their struggles? What are their friends' names? Yeah. So that we can ask some more pointed questions yes. that are a little bit more tightly related to their world and their their um, interests. Yes, and that kind of then snowballs. Like once yeah. you get into their world, then they'll start to answer the questions that you might be trying to investigate. Because, you know, all of us parents, we do want to know how the day was, but sometimes we also have questions that are leading, like, oh, how did this test go? And maybe they don't want to talk about it. Well, if we kind of lead them into that, then they might yeah. be more open to say, like, gosh, I didn't do really good on right. that test or I forgot to study for this. Right. And I think if we can make, and I think this starts when our kids are young, but if we can make just kind of a habit of just making whatever the conversation is, whether it's talking about Pokemon or as they get older, now I want to talk to my son about dating yes. or my daughter about some of the bad choices she's making, right? Yep. Um, how do we, I, I think the question is like, how do we do that in, a, in the most natural, less intimidating way? And I think yes. it does start by early on being known as parents who just like to talk to our kids. Yes. Otherwise, if we don't really engage with them about Pokemon, yep. if all of a sudden when he's 15, I say, hey, hey, son, I'd like to take you to Starbucks to have a man-to-man talk. He's going to feel like, oh, man, you never want to talk about stuff. Yes. This must be really serious. And then all of a sudden his defenses are up. His insecurities are they, they up. They sense your agenda. They sense your agenda versus, oh, man, me and my dad always talk. Yeah. And when, we, when I was little, he used to talk about Pokemon and we would talk about fishing and computer games. And it just, we talk when we're out throwing the football. We talk when we're walking around the lake. We're just always kind of in this talking mindset as opposed to, hey, son, it's time for us to talk. It's time for us to have a talk. Yeah. That's yeah, always yeah. a dun dun dun. <laughs> and I, I think um, the, the best way to talk to your kids is to connect with your kids. Yep. And the best way to connect to your kids, I think, is to show an interest, like you mentioned, in their world. Enter yes. into their world. Be be excited about the stuff they're excited about. Yes. Be interested in the things they're interested in. Yep. Um, I know it's it's very tempting. I grew up surfing. I wanted nothing more for my family to be a surfing family. Yep. They weren't. So I had to pivot yep. and, and, and lean into what they were interested in. Um, and that then, I think, helped me connect and helped set the stage for more meaningful conversations. Yes. Yep, sometimes we have to sacrifice what we want to talk about yeah. and well, go to what they want to talk about. Oh gosh, sometimes, almost <laughs> almost all the time. Yeah. Which doesn't which by the way, doesn't mean that we can't talk to them about the important stuff. Yes. It just means that it's when we talk to them about the everyday things, it's setting the stage and it's kind yes. of earning the credibility yes. for us to then You created that safe place where they feel like, "Oh, now I can talk to you about this cuz you cared about the little things." Yeah. So it's, it's, I get you care about the big things too. That's right. That's right. Okay. Here's, here's another one. We're, just moving. We're going to do three yes, an episode. Three. So we can't go too deep. That was not, oh, by the way, yes. if they would like one other tip, we do yeah. have a two minute 
tip, tip. Yes. on the saddlebackparents.com website. And they can just scroll through and find the one. I think it'll be my face, and it's called the window of conversation. Yes. And that kind of gives another kind of another tip, another strategy about how to talk to and connect with your kids. Yep. Okay, here's another question, Liza. What's appropriate discipline for my child? We get that one a lot. We do. Um, everything from like, is spanking is okay, timeouts okay? time don't seem to work. Grounding. Is it okay to take away a toy? Ground. Should I ground them from church because that's the only thing they really look forward to? What's appropriate? That's a hard one to answer, but yes. give us some. You're you're a you're a family and parenting. What's your what, what, <laughs> marriage and family marriage and family well. therapist? So you got some <laughs> yes. ideas about this? Totally. Well, I think the reality, is, especially with four kids, is it just varies. There's not a black and white answer because I know that you know for our oldest, if we were to you know use any sort of discipline like those threats. It's like, oh, if you're going to time out, like he was very apt to turn it around. But then our third's a little bit more strong-willed. And so it's like, we could say all those things and it didn't phase her. Right. So it's not that you then make it worse where you're scarier and meaner, but it's, okay, what do I do that's more effective? Like you said, maybe for, for that child, it's like, gosh, you're going to lose a privilege now. I think definitely, though, making sure that, of course, whatever you do is not in, in a reaction, in anger, okay. because it's very easy as parents to be like, you're not listening to me, and so I've lost right. control, so then I'm going to lose control on you. Right. So that's definitely a key is whatever consequence we give is not to do it out of our own emotional yeah. response. Which is so hard. Yes. It's so hard because, I mean, there yeah. are times when they tick us off more than other times. Yes. There are times when their offenses are more obvious than other yeah. times. Or even just the timing of, oh, I've had a long day at yeah. work and you come home and now I'm just short. And right. so I just recognize my fuse is yeah. short, so I'm just reactive. What would you say to the parent? Because I've, I've heard this one a lot about, well, it needs to be immediate. It needs, it needs to be immediate. Does it always need to be immediate? Is it okay if, because I think, I think some, of sometimes yeah. immediate is out of reaction. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've disciplined immediately and then later on go, oh gosh, if I would have just waited, I would have Done this thought instead. that through differently. Yeah. But I also don't think it's fair to go, hey, remember a month ago yes. when yeah. you lied, I, I've, <laughs> I've decided now's the time. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so help me navigate that. I think it's that. a balance. I mean, again, almost that emotionality. Like if our kids are hyper emotional in that moment where they're using that super whiny voice or the he did this and she did, it's almost like, okay, we need to take a break. And in five to ten minutes or whatever time it is, a reasonable time. It can't be like in seven days we're going to talk about this. But, right. you know, in an hour, then let's talk about. And sometimes, you know, especially as the kids get older, what do you think your consequences need to be? Right. And you'll sometimes be amazed that yeah. what you uh, thought. Don't make me do homework for yes. a week. <laughs> <laughs> I've been amazed, though. Most kids that I've counseled or even my own kids, you're like, oh, wow, that was like really harsh compared yeah. to what I was yeah. going to say. You can't, you know, watch TV today. And right. they're like, I can't watch TV. Then a whole next week you're like, Okay, yeah. like if you think that's a fair punishment, that's fine. <laughs> well, I do, th you know, it, it's one of the principles that my wife and I try to engage is always make sure the punishment, which is the wrong word, but it, yes, yeah. you know, make the, sure the punishment fits the crime. Yes, yeah. And oftentimes, if I react too quickly, mm -hmm. it doesn't, right? It, it's, it's, it, sometimes it's too lenient. Yes. Because I don't have time to deal with it right now. Yes. And other times it's way too harsh because I'm frustrated and angry. Yep. Um, and I think as they get older, and as the offenses sometimes get bigger and the yes. consequences are bigger and the ramifications of, do you understand what could have gone wrong? Do you totally. understand? Then I do think, I do think there's a time where you could say, you know what, your mom and I need to spend some time thinking about this. We'll yeah. get back to you in a week mm -hmm. because totally. you might, you might lose your driver's license, yeah. right? Or you might, we might have to remove you from this circle of friends, but that's a big decision 
that I think there are times when, because they're not going to forget, they're not going to forget why it took a week. Yes. Um, but for the most part, I think some level of fairly quick. Yes, but I think that's a good reminder. It. You at least are going to address it. That's the biggest thing is that follow through because right. I think that looming is going to even weigh on your child's heart, yeah. you know, and be like, oh man, and they might feel convicted. They may come apologizing. They may come more forthright because they realize like, whoa, this is a big one. Like mom and dad aren't responding now. Right away. Like, they're taking a while. Yeah. I like that. Um, I'm going I'm to share this and you tell me from your professional, yes. if you think I did this right or wrong. Because, um, <clears throat> when I was a young married person, my wife and I, everybody talked about consistency, 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 mm-hmm. which I agree with. Yeah. What we decided to do was what we need to be consistent with is our expectations mm-hmm. and what is behavior that warrants some kind of disciplinary response. Mm-hmm. What, what was okay to be inconsistent with was the method. Yeah. So, you know, just because we use timeouts, again, if timeouts quit working, we could try something different. Yep. We could try something. Oh, well, okay. How about if you, you, you lose a privilege? Yep. How about, because we could, so we were very inconsistent sometimes yeah. with the, the consequence. Yes. What we were consistent with was what the expectations were. So yes. we expect for you to clean your room once a week that, that we're going to be consistent in that, which is a, whatever, you know, um, and we could choose to change our mind later, but for now, once a week, if it's not happening, then we can be inconsistent with what the consequences are. Yes. That's, I think, is still being fair to our children. Mm-hmm. What's unfair is when they don't know from day to day what's going to get them in hot water. Yes. Yeah. Or even when you don't follow through because like, wait, oh, that one I slid by. Wait, this other one was less right. big of a deal and you totally followed through. What? Like, yes. So I think that has to be the consistent. Right. the follow through and just that, okay, when it's a bad behavior, quote unquote, that there is going to be something. Yep. So we would agree that. Um, there's lots of ways, appropriate ways, totally. to discipline our children. Mm-hmm. Punishment, we, we probably both would say that's typically the wrong word. That yes. has pretty yeah. heavy um, connotations to totally. it. Totally. Um, scripture speaks of discipline a lot, yes. right? Yeah. Um, God disciplines those whom he loves, Bible says. So discipline is, is, a, is actually a wonderful thing for our benefit. And there's lots of creative ways and appropriate ways for us to discipline. Yeah. We get into dangerous territory when it's out of anger, yes. when it causes any kind of long-term emotional or physical harm, totally. when it's inconsistent as far as the expectations and what warrants yeah. discipline. And as long as we kind of have those things in check, yeah. I think it's there's a lot of freedom for parents, parent, child, by child. child by child. Consistency mm-hmm. doesn't have to be the same for every single kid. Yep. Which is hard to keep track. Which is hard. Yeah, well, that's why I only had two. You had four. You're in, the, you're in a lot of trouble. Okay. <laughs> hey, Liza, let's do one more, and okay. and then we'll sign off for this episode, and we'll pick it up again later on. Here we go. Classic. This one is probably a little bit for parents of teenagers, maybe more so than young. How do I help my child who is struggling in his or her faith? So oftentimes parents will track us down, especially in our context. Most people listening to this podcast go to church somewhere. A lot of them go to church with us. And what happens almost all the time in a child's life, sooner or later, they start thinking on their own. Mm -hmm. They start going, okay, how do I know this is true? Or they they get a group of friends who don't go to church and they're starting to be exposed to other ways of thinking, other viewpoints, other, other, other faiths. And they start asking the tough questions. And sometimes that even leads into, 
I'm not sure. I'm struggling. I'm wrestling through. And it tends to set off a lot of panic alarms in parents. Totally. What would you say to a parent whose child is struggling in their faith? I mean, the first good news is it's a developmental phase. Like, they are supposed to learn and figure out their own identities and where they fit in and what they believe in. And I totally get that it's scary when it's like, whoa, they don't necessarily believe in or follow the same things we do. But I think trusting that, you know, as it says in the Bible, that if we train a child in the way he or she should go, that they won't stray from it. That ultimately they might check some other stuff out, but hopefully covered in prayer and just your love, they'll come back to it. But it's almost kind of as weird as it sounds an exciting phase when kids are struggling because it's like they're wrestling. They're yeah. figuring it out on their own versus, oh, it's just my mom and dad's faith right. and kind of mindless. I'm really thinking through this. Yep. I, I think you nailed it. I, I think when a child starts to wrestle and question their faith, that is something for us to go, oh, man, isn't this awesome mm -hmm. that he or she is developing into a young person with their own thoughts? Yep. They know how to articulate questions. They're starting to look at something like faith, which is yeah. abstract and hard. To, they're starting to look at it critically. Yep. They're trying to connect the dots. And as parents, that can be super scary. Totally. And what I would suggest is I think the best way to help your child, again, this goes back to how we respond early on and when they're young yep. sets the stage for the next time and the next time. Yep. And so the first time when they're in third grade or second grade or how do I know the ark was real? Mm -hmm. How do I know Jesus is, don't freak out. Well, because the Bible says so, and we're not allowed to ever question. Yes. Well, if you if you say that, you solve the problem in that moment. Yes. But, but all they term, but, but long super term, confused. they're super confused. They're not allowed to question. They're that blind faith. It's kind of like because mom said so. Like, it, what, what does that mean? It's totally because mom said so, and, and that 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 hurts long term, yep. right? Um, so I would suggest you say that's a great question. I'm so glad you're asking those questions. Oh. Why don't yes, we look at that together? To engage in a conversation and not just a debate. Because that's almost even the, the method we have to use with our friends and family who don't know Jesus at all. Because you can't just immediately shut them down or say, here's the right answer. It's like, well, gosh, what made you think about that? And, oh, okay. Like, yep. be willing to listen yep. more than necessarily yep. talk. Moms and dads, it's okay to not have all the answers about our yep. faith. It's okay to say, that's a great question. Why don't we call pastor so-and-so? Yep. Let's learn about that together. Yep. Um, it's great to say, man, I recognize you're struggling and I hope that you come out of this, especially when, when students get older. Yes. Um, I hope you come out on the other side with a stronger grasp of who Jesus is and his love for you. In the meantime, we would love to always talk to you about it. Yep. Let's keep conversation going. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the big thing there is to recognize almost everybody at some point has some level of a crisis of faith. Yep. Their world gets rocked. Mm -hmm. God didn't answer a prayer. Grandma died of cancer even though the pastor yeah. came over and anointed with oil, yep. right? Um, mom and dad divorced mm -hmm. even though they both love Jesus. Yep. And there are these crises of faith that can tend to, or they're just kind of yeah. cognitively minded yeah. kids who think about things they at a level that- things at school or yep. other conversations, yep. And it's, it's natural to question Life is a struggle. Yes. Every hero in the Bible struggled Struggle. with their faith, yep. had setbacks. Yep. Most of them, most of them benefited from people in their life who weren't struggling, yes. who were kind of a, yeah. a, a, a steady anchor in their life. Like in the that midst mentor, of, that yeah. accountability, yeah. Yeah. just helping them struggle well.
as best you can is the key is struggle well. Why why didn't you lead with that? I just I just went around and around and around for 10 minutes and you said just help them struggle well. Parents. Well, that sounds easier than done. But it, I mean if if I were going to summarize it, what do I do with my child who is struggling in their faith? Help them struggle well. Yeah. I love it. Well, everybody, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be back sometime soon with another episode of the Parent Skills Podcast. If you've never been to SaddlebackParents.com, please go there. We've got small group curriculum. We've got two-minute tips. We've got a blog. We've got other episodes of the Parent Skills Podcast. We've got book reviews, on and on and on. It's like a never-ending, what's the word, cornucopia of parenting resources. Uh, Again, my name is Kurt. This is my good friend, Liza. 